This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, parents. Jim right here. The Wonder of Parenting podcast to bring science approach to parenting along with our good friend, Dr. Michael Gurian. Uh, as always, I'm coming to you today from Phoenix, Arizona. Michael is up there in Spokane, Washington. And today uh, we have a really important topic to talk about, and that's trauma. And it's coming out of a very, very gut-wrenching post that was on our Wonder of Parenting page. Uh, and so we're going to share that post with you <clears throat> because I think it's going to help us get at not only the trauma for this family, but the trauma that many people deal with. Uh, today, uh, before we dive into that, want to, as always, say a special thanks to Dr. Greg Jantz and our friends up there in the Seattle area, the Center of Place of Hope. And they do good work. So trauma would be one of those things uh, mm -hmm. that you might want to check out. Uh, and again, as we say always with them, uh, Greg has a, a new book a year coming out on various challenges that we face in life. They do inpatient care, one of the top facilities in the country. You can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com. Wonderofparenting.com, you'll find the link. And uh, our newest sponsor, they've been with us now for a couple months, is Man Cave. And Michael, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, Man Cave uh, is uh, in, out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, so out of Greater Phoenix Urban League and and uh, my brother's keeper, uh, City of Phoenix Human Services. It's um, uh, It stands for Men Need to Be Caring, Actively Engaged, Vested, and Encouraged. And so it's a nurturing fathers program founded by Marion Hill, who we worked with quite a bit there in Phoenix. Um, and and uh, they have all sorts of online resources. So if you know a father uh, or you are a father, uh, go to our wonderofparenting.com page and you're going to see Man Cave pretty quick there. And then it, there's a PDF and it shows you what the programming is and you know how they can support and help you or fathers you know and families you know. And then you can get a hold of them too. So check out Man Cave on wonderofparenting.com. Uh, and uh, as we have said from time to time, uh, one of the things that we do uh, to support you as parents is create resources for you. If you go to wonderofparenting.com, uh, you'll not only find many of the books that Michael has written, but uh, together we wrote some rites of passage programs that I think you'll find very, very helpful, especially as your children move into those uh, years uh, 11, 12, 13, 14. And you can check all of that out, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Uh, Michael, I had the chance yesterday uh, to speak to a conference here in Phoenix, uh, home dads. These are stay-at-home dads. And oh, there was wow. over 80 of them uh, from wow. all across the country. And uh, we talked about rites of passage yesterday for their kids. And uh, so it's such an important topic and mm. uh, encourage people to uh, to check it out and see if that might be a good resource. So today uh, I want to read for you. It's, it's a somewhat lengthy post. This was on our Wonder of Parenting page on Facebook. And if you're not on the Wonder of Parenting page, just go to Facebook and uh, do a little search, Wonder of Parenting, and I'll let you in as soon as I get the notification. And again, this is, this is a tough read, but 
it's an important one, important topic to talk about. So here's, uh, here's the post. My husband and I are having a really hard time knowing what to do with our almost five-year-old's behavior. I want to start with the fact that she was in an auto accident two months ago with her grandparents, and her grandpa passed away in the accident. She's been having nightmares. Our daughter was not physically injured in the accident. I am also nine months pregnant, and she has expressed both excitement and worry about losing attention. She's begun to really just not listen. She won't put her plate in the sink, pick up trash. She throws it on the floor. Uh, she won't clean up her toys. She's uh, drawing on a tab- uh, the table, etc. We ask clearly and give her age-appropriate things to do, simple things like, can you put your shoes on? Well, tonight she threw a whole plate of food in the sink and sprayed water all over the kitchen with the sprayer, like a lot of water. Told us she hates us and she won't go to our funeral when we die. That she never cares about us, just cares about herself being happy. I made her go to her room. She threw her toys all over the room, took all the clothes off the hangers and threw them everywhere, took the sheets off her bed and threw them. She even managed to get the mattress off her bed, which is crazy because she only weighs 32 pounds herself. She repeatedly threw toys at her door and broke her curtains. She then came out of her room and said, if you won't let me, I'll pee on your carpet. And she did. She's also had taken all her clothes off. I calmly said, okay, okay. I took her to the bathroom and walked her back to her room. I read a book to her about parents loving their kids, even when they don't listen. I talked to her about what behavior is okay and what is not. I told her that she needs more time to calm down. She spent the next hour screaming and throwing toys at the walls and the door. Uh, she's starting to play group therapy things next week with uh, for kids that have experienced loss. So my husband and I don't always agree on how to handle behavior, but it's clear we need to be on the same page because things are getting worse, and I'm sure they will complicate further with the baby coming. Uh, without telling which of us it is, here are some of our current methods. Taking away toys for time out, sending her for quiet time, giving her a teeny spoon of vinegar, explaining what was okay or not okay, doing redos for bad choices. One of, us thinks, one of us thinks we're being too soft and spanking will correct the problem. The other thinks this is a reaction to trauma and spanking is absolutely not a good idea. Uh, Michael, there's so much there, uh, so much pain for that whole family. Mm. Uh, you know, not only the daughter, uh, the little girl, five-year-old in trauma, but, you know, mom, dad, grandma, um, this is a big, big issue. Uh, and the behavior is saying something, right? So let's talk about it. Let's start with this example, and then we can branch off into trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Our heart really goes out to this family. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And with the new child on the way, that is a that is an, an amazing, complicating factor, of course. Um but even without that, I, you know, I think this would be within the range of normal for a child who has experienced that trauma. Um, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we, you know, it doesn't mean that we say, oh, well, go, you know, go ahead and do this for the next six months of your life. Um, the behaviors still have to get corrected and handled, which we will talk about. Uh, but I don't think it's outside the range of normal. I am, however, really worried about her. And okay. I think that, um, and, and about the family, I mean, from reading this and, you know, I think they, that it would be good if they can bring more people in, um, like if it's possible to bring the grandma in. So the grandpa passed away, but if the grandma is okay, maybe the child just spends some time with grandma, um, 
It may be they need to see a pediatric counselor. I mean, I think if this goes on another week or two or three, and especially with the new baby coming, they they might want to see, you know, a counselor who specializes in this age child. They could maybe learn about that counselor through if there's an early childhood program near them or if the child's in preschool or, you know, through a resource there if they don't have one um, uh, to get this looked at. Uh, because it's 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 within the range of normal, I'm going to say, but it's pretty far. You know, it's pretty aggressive, very angry, um, kind of violent. And um, and it is trauma response. So we're not mm-hmm. attacking the character of this child. It's not that. It's trauma response. Right. So um, <clears throat> the what's happening in the child's brain, you know, of course, is that it, it goes into the survival mode, the cortisol level, mm-hmm. all the all mm-hmm. the hormones, you know, go up. And so, so the connection to the frontal lobe and the prefrontal and these parts of the brain that say, well, you know, control that impulse, those connections have been, uh, those circuits are being bypassed to some extent while in the trauma, which the child is still in, obviously. So part of what we're trying, we're going to have to do is through the counseling, through grandma, through mom and dad, you know, may have to get more dad influence here, maybe, um, uh, um, through through whatever resources are available, getting her to redirect uh, when this happens, ha- you know, having her process after her anger is over, having her process the trauma. So this is the trauma making you do this. So, you know, you're doing you're being mean to me as your mom because you've just been through a really bad trauma that really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so now you're trying to hurt me and you don't have to. I'm here for you, you know, so kind of redirecting, she's five, redirecting the words that are available to try to help her process and get it, that this has a connection to causation. And uh, I think, and I think it'd be fine for the mom to say, you know, you're being mean to me and Mm -hmm. you don't really need to be um, uh, because that is what the child is doing. So just because someone's been traumatized, right. It doesn't forgive them becoming violent toward us. We, we help them process um, the trauma. Uh, so I, I would love to see them do that for a while, but meanwhile, get these people around them who are going to support this child and talk to this child about the trauma. So that, so that the child can start understanding that a lot of this is trauma related and that may be able to help her to get that connectivity back, you know, so that she will try to control her impulse, you know, and she'll, she'll, gr- gradually it'll take time because she's only five, but she'll be able to go, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. That, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna about to do something really bad. I don't have to do that. My mom still loves me, and the trauma is getting healed, um, etc. So that's going to be unconscious in, in her mind. But that's what we're going to have to go toward, because we can't. The parents can't live with this behavior for very long. Right. This is not right. appropriate behavior, even if a child's been traumatized. So let me finish that part, and then I want to talk about the, the mom and the dad's disagreement. But what, what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, first of all, again, you know, she's not even quite five yet. So she has been through something unspeakably horrific in her life. That would be so for any adult person, let alone a little child who was in a car accident and grandpa died because of it. And her little brain is having a hard time processing that. And I, I think yep. what you're saying is, her response is somewhat normal because she's been traumatized. It seems to be worsening, which is the concern. Um, but um, 
at the same time, uh, it, th- th- this is where I think it's challenging. She needs healing, right? She needs healing for the trauma she's been through. And at the same time, she can't continue these sort of destructive behaviors. And I would imagine that's a very interesting dance for parents to have to pull off, um, you know, healing the trauma and dealing with the behavior of the trauma at the same time. Obviously not something they can do without professional support, I would imagine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at yeah, got, get more people around them helping them yeah. on this. Yeah, yeah. Pro- professional. I I think she's enough. I mean, the parents would have to make that decision if this is only happening a few times. You know, okay, right. But if this stuff's ha- happening a lot, then then yes, I absolutely professionals. And when kids are traumatized, you know, that's something that pediatric counseling does anyway. That th- those right. people part of their their job, our job, is to help kids who are who have been traumatized, and so um, those resources do do exist. Even if the child weren't acting out, that mm-hmm. that could still be a good resource. Um, and then, you know, with trauma, the healing of trauma always happens in relationship. You know, okay. I mean, we aren't at the point yet where we're going to laser those parts of the brain or, you know, we're not there. I mean, in 20 years, maybe, but right now, the way that we work with trauma, um, especially for five-year-olds, we're not going to use meds. Probably we're going to be, it's going to be relationships. So as she's in these relationships and attachments, that's where the healing comes. And so I, you know, the processing, so part of what happens in the relationships is that she's modeling through these relationships, she's modeling correct behavior. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. she's because she, because she's withdrawn. Her brain is so, you know, so traumatized that, OK, she still needs that modeling. So she gets that modeling through all these relationships. She also gets the processing because people will be by osmosis or directly talking about it. They'll be helping her to process the trauma and she'll see, OK, OK, life goes on. OK, I go on. Uh, OK. And and, you know, it takes t- time. You know, time is the b- big healer. But but the relationships help. And then she gradually gains a sort of internal language for the for the trauma and for the healing of the trauma. And in these relationships, she gets love and attention. Um, and one of the ways that we kind of know that she may need more relationship right now is that she's doing these things that to get attention. Right? Mm-hmm. They are they are atten- they're what we call negative attention attention getting devices, negative mm-hmm. attention getting devices. So she's doing things like I'll pee on the carpet and then she pees on the carpet. What she's getting is negative attention. Of course, you know, a parent's going to be mad about that. And then she will relate to the parent through conflict because there'll be a conflict and the parents can say, you can't do that. Go to your room. And then, you know, so she's relating through conflict and through this negative attention. So we want to re- redirect that 
increase the relationships, um, uh, provide provide appropriate discipline when she does something that's that's wrong, like this behavior. Um, but meanwhile, get help to ascertain, you know, what's going on in her brain, and yeah. and to help help get some professional help, people who can meet with the whole family, you know. And then they can do family therapy or they can work with her, but they can meet with the whole family and give them some tools. And I think they'll give some of the tools I'm giving, you know, I don't think they're going to suggest spanking. Um, I think that the person, the person who wants to spank in this case, I I get it. Um, I myself am not pro spanking. You know, we, I think we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I was so, uh, physically abused as a kid, you know, I just don't, I don't want it, you know, I don't want it for anyone. And, um, and there are other ways to do things, but if by spanking, what we mean is I'm going to swat you on the bottom one time. Okay. Well, there really isn't any research saying that that destroys a child. Um, it's the abuse that's really bad for the child. So what does this person mean by spanking? I would rather they didn't, but if they are going to, then, you know, only one little swat on the behind, that's it no, no pulling pants down, no, um, uh, using, you know, belts and all that, none of that. So if they're gonna, some people are gonna, no matter what we say, they're going to do it. So just only do that. Anything beyond that, you know, is, is abuse. And some would argue that is abuse. So if you could stay away from spanking, please do. But I understand the urge, the urge is this, this person is saying, okay, she's being really physical in what she's doing. I'm going to be physical and trying to try to train her away from it. Mm-hmm. And his, his instincts, if it's him, I don't know, or her instincts, whichever it is, they don't tell us. I, I get the instinct. So we shouldn't shame or condemn the person for that instinct. It could work. But with this traumatized child, that's my second caveat. I mm-hmm. especially think it's not a good idea. You know, there are other cases where, um, like someone will say, I've had many clients say this, you know, my dad spanked me maybe four times. And I deserved every single one of them, Mm -hmm. you know, every single, those four times, but they weren't getting, you know, spanked all the time. They, they remember the times that they got a whooping and, uh, cause in our generation, there was a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that, you know, that's not abuse. Um, it wasn't abuse back then. It may be now, but it was, it was the the child kind of gets that the parent is trying to teach the child a lesson. Mm and. And in those cases, the kids weren't had not just suffered this kind of trauma. And so in this case, this is a child that suffered such terrible trauma yeah. that the physical intervention, I don't like for this. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess if I were the parent, uh, here's where I'd be wrestling. Uh, this behavior is telling me something. It's telling me my, my daughter is deeply traumatized. She's deeply hurting. Uh, we're gonna let's assume that this is not normal behavior for her, and that's in part why they're writing. We don't know what she was like before. You know, was she defiant beforehand? We don't know. Um, and so there's there's a lot of stuff going on in her brain. Uh, when you when you say um, she's she's acting out to get negative attention, uh, is there a part of her? Uh, I don't want to over psychoanalyze this little girl, but is there a part of her that's saying? something really bad happened to my grandpa um, and now I'm deserving of something bad to happen to me. Is is that what negative attention does? Is it sort of a a way of saying, I think I deserve this? 
Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going. It's a couple things. You, you've hit on one of them, which is it's and it's unconscious, right? It's what we right, call the subconscious. Right. She doesn't know this. Um, on the, she's got that survivor guilt. So he, yeah, okay. he got hurt. I think that's maybe part of what you're referring yes. to. And, and so she feels like she deserves, and that's where I was going to take it even further and say that she probably subconsciously thinks she deserves punishment, mm-hmm. that she deserves to be hurt because he was hurt and she survived. And that's the complexity of survivor guilt. And, um, and then, you know, she feels unworthy and that she should be hurt. So she does this negative attention, right? It could be part of the causation. She does the negative attention getting device, and then she's going to get back negative attention, which is going to hurt her. And then she's going to become more defiant and, um, and get more negative attention. So that's why we want to get involved now in processing with her and mm-hmm. redirecting her. Um, and so it, it it can't hurt at all for the parents and the people helping out to say, you know, you know, so, something like, you know, grandpa, this was grandpa's time, but it's not your time. And, and grandpa would not want you to live this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to bring that person who died in and leverage that person, you know, um, and, and that kind of thing to help with what you're talking about, to help the child gradually get out from under this feeling that I'm terming survivor guilt. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, and again, it's, I, I sort of mentioned this at the beginning that, that delicate dance between helping that child process all of the stuff that that little mind is trying to take in, um, and probably can't even put words to it only behavior at this point. And at the same time, trying to, to, discipline in the correct use of the term, teach her that there are certain behaviors that are just not appropriate in our household. Um, Wow, that's really challenging for parents. And again, knowing that mom and dad are going through their own grief, grandma going through her own grief, and a baby on the way. Holy moly, that's a lot of stuff to Mm. process. How how about the parents? What, What do you recommend for them as they deal with their daughter's stuff, knowing they have their own trauma that they're dealing with? Yeah. Well, I think use this as a a reason to get into family therapy. So, you know, then the parents get to talk to a therapist, right? And they can Mm -hmm. process the trauma they're going through. They can have that therapist or counselor supporting them even through the birth of this child, which is going to, of course, create a very positive trauma in the family, but perhaps some trauma, you know, for the elder sibling. Um, They'll be there to help process that, the therapist will, and to do some couples work. If the parents need it, you know, because the parents, parents have the survivor guilt too. all that happens too for adults and they'll be processing it in their way. And um, so I I think this is a, you know, a call out for the family to find the right counseling help and also to lean on the other relatives as well. And their Mm -hmm. the other community as well, you know, to lean on two or three other people to help them too, because mom's about to have a baby. So, uh, lean on a couple others to help them out with this girl. Um, get this girl attached. This girl's already attached to someone, but let's say it's grandma, you know, try to resuscitate that attachment and, and bond and have the girl spend more time with grandma, you know, because my guess is that she's not going to do this kind of stuff with someone else. I think she's doing it, especially with her mom, Mm -hmm. um, which also would, you know, be within the range of normal. Right. And at the time this was written, this was just two months ago. So this is really, really fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we get questions 
all the time, uh, sent to us, sent uh, on Facebook about behavior that is inappropriate. Uh, my and usually about boys uh, more than girls, but but it can be boys and girls. Uh, and and you know we'll talk about different ways to discipline, but. This does have a different feel to it because of the trauma this child has been through. Mm. You need a little bit different mindset and strategy. Uh, and I think what you're saying is, uh, yeah, we can't allow the behavior to go on, but punishment uh, and treating it simply as behavior is is going to miss the deeper issue here. And that's what's happening in her heart and her mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to be a both and right now. It's going to be it's going to be okay that you cannot do that in this house that is inappropriate behavior don't don't really care what anyone has been through that's inappropriate you know that's compartmentalizing and that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing to do uh we all have to learn to compartmentalize our trauma every child has to learn to do it every adult has to so that's okay to do that but but meanwhile mm-hmm. a lot of time is going to be spent with with these these assets that we've been talking about with other attachments and bonds and other people who are going to help her work through the trauma and this this redirection of the trauma and so on um so they both have to go on simultaneously um we don't we don't have to say this child's been traumatized so now she can do whatever she wants in our right. house I, I do not advise that i know some people will do that but i do not advise it um because then it's a cycle of negative attention getting and we don't want the child's development to be rewired toward that so, um, you know, so the punishments can be, uh, we prefer to call it discipline, but it can be, yeah, you're going to be in your room, you know, for this five minutes or whatever it is. And, and after she's done trashing her room, she's got to clean it up. She's yeah. five. She's got to clean up her room. And, um, and yeah, I could come in and help you with that. Cause we could have some nice bonding around that. And we could actually talk while we're helping you clean up the room about why you, you know, why you did that. And of course, we're mm. not going to say, why did you do that? We're, we're going to say, you know what? You've been through a just terrible trauma and you're mm. doing this stuff. And and I feel really sad for you. And by the way, I'm really, really sad too, you know? We're mm-hmm. both really sad. And, you know, then that kind of stuff. So that can happen while cleaning up the room, but the child is still doing some of the cleaning up of the room. You know what I mean? So it's happening yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. So so just to, I feel like I kind of keep coming back to this, but it's such a different, uh, kind of email for me anyway, dealing with trauma and behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you're putting those boundaries in place or when you're putting the discipline in place, uh, in cases of trauma, do you always want to, because uh, you talked about comp- compartmentalizing, are there times when you just simply say that behavior is not okay, these are the consequences, or do you need to say in the case of trauma, these behaviors are not okay, and now we're going to talk about why you're behaving that way and deal with the trauma again. Or are there times when yeah. you just simply just discipline for the sake of discipline? Okay. Yeah, I, I see where you're getting at. Yeah, I, I think both. There, there are some times when you're just going to provide the discipline. You mm-hmm. don't have time to talk about it. And this was so inappropriate, you know, that cannot mm-hmm. be done. Uh, uh, here's here's the discipline. You go and uh, timeouts, and she lists a number of them that she's done. Um, and that's the discipline, and that's it. And maybe, you know, it's five hours later that you're talking about it, but not at that moment. You're just providing discipline. Yeah, that, that's that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess uh, absolutely okay. I guess what I'm saying is, um, is that 
if only this discipline is being provided without the simultaneous right. uh dealing with the trauma, what I think is going to happen is that the child is going to do this negative stuff mm-hmm. for months and months and months yeah. and, and, and going to rewire the family toward that. And that's, that's why I'm hoping they can provide the discipline, but meanwhile, do the processing. So let's go out a little wider now. This was a very particular trauma, uh, an accident, somebody died. Um, what are some of the other things that you would, that, that can happen to our kids um, that produce trauma. Uh, and, and I'm going to define trauma as something that's just beyond stress or a bad experience. Trauma is something that, that really sort of engulfs that whole person's life. For, you know, for example, you are, suffer the trauma of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, what other uh, kinds of uh, trauma can kids suffer? And, and maybe along with that, how do you know the difference between someone who's acting out because of trauma and someone who's just acting out because of needing attention? Um, yeah, that, that's of course a very hard one. The, <laughs> yeah. the, it depends on the trauma and how much trauma there was. And, right. you, know, you know, if there was a whole, whole bunch of trauma, then, you know, we kind of default those of us in the profession, I think we would default to saying, Okay, there had been so much trauma. We're going to mm-hmm. assume that the acting out right now is connected to that trauma, right? Even though it's very possible that that child's personality is uh, kind of a defiant personality, to you know, alpha defiant personality previous to the trauma. That that is very possible, but we're going to default toward that so that we can process the trauma and help the child. Um, uh, so that that sort of answers the second one first, but the degree matters, like. Uh, so now going to the first, to the, your first question, which is the kinds of trauma. So if people go to the CDC website, uh, you'll see ACEs, capital A, capital C, capital E, uh, adverse childhood experiences. There are a whole bunch of studies and very readable stuff that lists the trauma, the 10 trauma that fit under ACE. Um, and there are certainly more. Uh, obviously, child abuse is one of them. Sexual abuse is another. Uh, w- you know, witnessing a death like she did. That's one of them. Um uh, drug, a child, uh, sorry, a, well, a child could abuse drugs, but a parent who's abusing drugs or alcohol. So in other words, living with an alcoholic, being raised by mm-hmm. an alcoholic, being raised by a drug addict. Okay. That's, that's a trauma. Um, poverty is also a trauma. So being raised consistently in poverty cr- can create blank spots in the brain, you know, so it's a trauma. So those are, those are some of the 10 um, oh, all, yeah, no, I, I guess I said, I said almost all the 10, I think. Mm-hmm. So go to, go to, uh, CDC website and look at ACE and, um, there they'll be, uh, certainly there are others, but those give a sort of baseline. So when, like when kids come to school and parents, I'm sorry, teachers are going, wow. I mean, what, what is going on with this kid? You know, what we're trying to do with trauma informed education and the Green Institute, we do a lot with this, right? Training schools in this is trying to help them to, to try to read, you know, whether the kid is acting the way the kid is acting from trauma, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or not. And But it doesn't change the fact that the school still has rules. Right. And I guess this is a, a point that's really important, that every, everyone has their rules, their reasonable rules, and kids need to follow those rules. Um and so trauma-informed education isn't saying, well, now you get to punch the teacher because you had trauma. No, you can't punch the teacher. What it says is we're going to help you process. We're going to help you understand. And we're going to help you come back to equilibrium. 
Um, and it's going to take, this is only two months ago, I think six months to a year. It's not unusual in a situation like this till the child comes back to equilibrium. Mm. Uh, but there will be fits and starts of coming back to equilibrium. And that's what we're going to try to work with. Right. Well, this is such an important topic, uh, such a big topic, and we could spend a lot more time on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully for this family, this has been somewhat helpful for them and for all you know, our families who are listening who maybe experienced trauma. Uh, and, and as you said earlier, our hearts really do go out to this family and appreciate you writing in and being yes. a part of the Wonder of Parenting community online. I know that there were many, many people who responded to that as well. So, Michael, thank you so much for mm-hmm. uh, your guidance on this one. And thank, thank you, everybody, you. for listening. And we're looking forward to being back with you next time. We've got another listener question for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Uh, have a great week, parents. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.